Hey, it's good to see you today. Welcome to our Journey Through Scripture podcast. This is our Thursday episode. My name is Philip Thomas, pastor of Journey here in Elgin, and uh, looking forward to um, finishing out kind of um, the the last of the Old Testament, and we'll be transitioning to the New Testament um, on on Tuesday. Um, but we're going to finish out with uh, Daniel uh, chapter seven through twelve. Um, this is a, an interesting time period um, historically. The Bible actually doesn't doesn't have much information on this. Now, the Apocrypha, um, if you're familiar with that, um, does have more information on some of the things that happened um, during this time. So basically, we're looking at the um, the people have returned to Jerusalem. The temple, second temple, has been rebuilt. And then there's going to be a long time, about 400 years, uh, before the birth of Christ. It's called the intertestamental period. Um, you know, things uh, kind of a a time of silence where there's not a whole lot of prophets going on, but there's certainly a lot going on historically. Um, so if you if you think about the um, uh, of Jerusalem, of Israel, of the nation, um, what you see is uh, they uh, form uh, the kingdom under King Saul, King David, King Solomon, then they split northern and southern, then the southern gets uh, or the northern kingdom um, gets conquered, then the southern kingdom gets conquered by Babylon, and then Persia overtakes Babylon, and then Persia allows the people to return back and to rebuild the temple. Well, what's uh, that? That happens, um, you know, in the um, uh, late five hundreds, or <laughs> so is when the temple would be uh, begin to be rebuilt um, into the four hundreds. Um, and then you, you kind of have a lot of things starting to happen historically. Um, Persia fought with Greece quite a bit. Um, well, um, it would all finally come to an end when Alexander um, would bring uh, Greece and they would come and uh, overtake all of that area, overtake Egypt, overtake, of course, uh, Persia. Um, and Alexander the Great was known as Alexander the Great for a reason, and he conquered most of the known world. Uh, he actually died in Babylon, um, and that's where he ended up dying. And when he died, um, his four generals um, kind of split up the area. The two that really matter to us and to uh, the people of Israel um, is the, the Ptolemies, which were kind of in Egypt, uh, so south of uh, the Palestine area or Israel. Um, and then you had the Seleucids, which were north in Syria. And at first, the, the Ptolemies, Egypt, had control over Israel. And then there was a, uh, a struggle and battle. And this is, again, this is like 200 years later. So they're technically under Greece control at this time. Uh, but under the Ptolemies. Then you had the Seleucids um, come from Syria, um, push out the Ptolemies. Um, and during that time is when they just uh, they um, um, offered sacrifices of pigs um, to Zeus in the temple. They desecrated the temple. It was horrific. Lots of persecution um, of uh, the Jewish people. You have a rebellion, uh, the Maccabees, um, and they actually 
push out the Seleucids. So then there's a time where they're kind of free, um, and then Rome comes in. All right, so Rome comes in, and um, then the the Israel is under Roman rule. So I, I give that kind of just historical because all that's going on uh, in this intertestamental period. And Daniel, the end of his uh, book here, talks about it's it's definitely some uh, apocryphal writing, um, but things that can kind of be put into this time frame. Um, and then it ends with one that, you know, it may may or may not have been fulfilled. Um, but we, as you read this, um, you, you need to kind of understand that background of what's going on. And so as we look at Daniel chapter 7, um, it, uh, it talks about the four beasts. Um, those four uh, beasts, some say it's uh, Babylon and then the Medes and then Persian and then Greece. Some say it's uh, no Babylon, Persia, Greece, Rome. Um, that, that probably sounds a little more uh, correct. Um, but so it's talking about these four different kingdoms. Um, and remember, Daniel is having this vision while he is still in Persia. Um, so this is uh, years before um, these other kingdoms are going to come. Um, uh, verse 9 um, talks about the ancient of days. So these visions are very difficult and uh, scary to Daniel, but then there's also um, comfort and, and, and hope that God is uh, eventually going to uh, make everything right and, and all of these nations will be uh, held accountable. So uh, verse 9 says, I watched till the thrones were put in place, and the Ancient of Days was seated. His garment was white as snow. His hair of his head was white like pure wool. You will definitely recognize some some of the imagery between Daniel and the book of Revelation. Um, uh, it says, His throne was a fiery flame. Its wheels of burning fire, a fi fiery stream uh, issued and he came forth from before him. A thousand thousands ministered to him. Ten thousands times ten thousand stood before him. Um, so basically, the Ancient of Days will come and and defeat the beast. In this case, um, the uh, verse fourteen: His dominion is everlasting dominion, which shall not pass away, and his kingdom, the one which shall not be destroyed. Um, and then it, it talks about. Um, uh, Daniel's vi visions are interpreted. It says those great beasts, which are, are four, are four kings, which arise out of the earth. But the saints of the Most High shall receive the kingdom and possess the kingdoms forever and forever and forever. Right. So these are things that we can safely attach to historical events, I believe. Um, you get into chapter eight. Um, it's the ram and the goat. Um, the ram would be uh, Persia. The goat would be Greece. Um, this is actually interpreted in scripture. Um, and then it talks about the horn, uh, which is a, a pretty obvious um, talk, uh, you know, reference to Alexander the Great. Um, and it says, um, verse five, and, and I was considering suddenly a male goat came from the west across the surface of the whole earth without touching the ground. And the goat had a notable horn between his eyes. Um, and he came to the ram that had two horns. Um, and then uh, verse eight, therefore the male goat grew very great. But when he became strong, the large horn was broken 
And in place of it, four notable ones came up towards the four winds of heaven. So when Alexander the Great died, it split to four of his generals, right? So, I mean, it, I think, again, this is pointing to what's happening during this intertestamental uh, period. Uh, verse 20, um, this is interpreting, says, The ram which you saw having two horns, they are the kings of Media and per Persia. So the Pers Persians and the Medes. And the male goat is the kingdom of Greece. There was one ho horn on the male goat. Who would that be? Alexander the Great. Uh, the large horn that is between the eyes is the first king. As for the broken horn, the four that stood up in its place, the four kingdoms shall arise out of the nation, but not with its power. Obviously, that is true. Right? The people, uh, or the the uh, Greece split into those four areas. You had the Ptolemies, uh, Ptolemies and the Seleucids uh, that came from that. They were not near as strong uh, as Alexander the Great. Um, Daniel chapter nine. Um, it's a. I encourage you to read read that. It's it's his prayer for the people. He's repenting. He's repenting for the people. Verse eight. O Lord, to us belongs shame of face, to our kings, our princes, our fathers, because we have sinned against you. To the Lord our God belong mercy and forgiveness. Though we have rebelled against Him, we have not obeyed the voice of the Lord our God to walk in His laws, which He set before us by His servants, the servants, the prophets. Yes, all Israel has transgressed your law and has departed so as not to obey your voice. Therefore, the curse and the oath written in the law of Moses, the servant of God, have been poured out on us because we have sinned against him. He has confirmed his words, which he spoke against us and against uh, those who judged us by bringing upon us great disaster for under the whole heaven, such has never been done as what has been done to Jerusalem. And so it's a a, a prayer of repentance that Daniel uh, has. Um, and then it, it is also a reminder at the end that eventually um, things will be made right. Then we have the last vision uh, in Daniel uh, 10 through 12. Um, and uh, it, it, it again is kind of um, gets pretty specific um, talking about the southern kingdom and the northern kingdom that appears to be talking about the Egypt, who is ruled by Ptolemies and the Seleucids in the northern kingdom, um, you know, it, it's it's very, uh, it's pretty exact. Um, and so you see uh, kind of, again, similarities uh, in Revelation. I love this because he's uh, approached, uh, Daniel is, is approached um, and given this vision um, by a, 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 a human-like figure. Um, it says his body was like lightning. This is verse six uh, of chapter 10. His body was like barrel, his face like the appearance of lightning, his eyes like torches of fire, his arms and feet like burnished bronze um, and the sound of his words like the voice of a multitude. It says, I, Daniel alone saw the vision for the men were, were with me, did not see the vision, but great terror fell upon them. Therefore, I was left alone and I saw this great vision and no strength remained in me. And so he basically was very just completely uh, had no strength. Uh, then a, a, a figure comes and gives him strength. Um, uh, verse 18, then again, the one having the likeness of man touched me and strengthened me and said, O man, greatly beloved, fear not. Peace be to you. Be strong. Yes, be strong. Um, is also telling Daniel not to fear. Verse 12, do not fear. 
I'm kind of one of those similar things. Whenever people see a vision, <laughs> uh, they have to be told not to fear. Um, then you get into to chapter 11. Uh, it says, and now I'll tell you the truth. Behold, three more kings will arise in Persia and the fourth shall be far richer than them. By all his strength, through his riches, he shall stir up uh, all against the realm of Greece. Then a mighty king shall arise who shall rule with great dominion and do according to his will. And when he is arisen, the kingdom shall be broken up and divided toward the four winds of heaven, but not among his posterity, nor according to his dominion with which he ruled for his kingdom shall be uprooted even for others besides these. Again, so it's talking about there's going to be some Persian kings. They're going to kind of provoke Greece, which they did. Um, and then Greece is going to have a strong leader, Alexander the Great. He's going to come, he's going to die, and it's going to be split to the four winds, to his four generals. Um, it uh, uh, continues, and then it starts to get into the, the northern kingdom and the southern kingdom, so the Seleucids and the Ptolemies. It says, for the king of the north will return, this is verse 13, will return and muster a multitude greater than the former and shall certainly come to the end of some years with great army and much equipment. Um, and then it says uh, in uh, verse 16, but he who comes in against him shall do according to his own will and no one shall stand against him. He shall stand in the glorious land with destruction in his power. So that's talking about the, the northern kingdom, the Seleucids. Um, as you continue on, verse 31, and forces shall be mustered by him and they shall defile the sanctuary fortress. Then they shall take away the daily sacrifices and place there the abomination of desolation. That is the term that is used for whenever they sacrificed pigs on the uh, in the Holy of Holies uh, in the temple. That is the abomination of desecration. The Seleucids or the northern Syrian army uh, did that. Um, then you get to chapter 12 and it's kind of the prophecy of the end times. You can make the case that this is talking about basically the time frame whenever Jesus comes. That that, that is finally going to be um, when the people are set free, the Seleucids are kicked out, the Romans are weakened. Um, but I think you can also say it's looking forward that there will to an eventual end time. It says, uh, verse 12 or chapter 12, at that time, Michael shall stand up the great prince who stands watch over the sons of your people. And there shall be a time of trouble such as never, never was since there was a nation, even to that time. And at that time, your people shall be delivered. Everyone who is found written in the book and many of those who sleep in the dust of the earth shall awake some to everlasting life, some to shame and everlasting contempt. Those who are wise shall shine like the brightness of the firmament and those who turn uh, many to righteousness like the stars forever and ever. Right? So, I mean, that's a hopeful look, except with <laughs> with the, the fact that there's it's going to be tough, right? There, it's, there's going to be uh, lots of persecution and, and heartache, but God will restore. Um, and then it, it continues. Um, Daniel kind of looks and uh, it kind of closes things uh, out. It says, although I heard, I did not understand. This is verse eight. Then I said, my Lord, what shall be the end of these things? And he said, go your way, Daniel, for the words are closed up and sealed to the time uh, of the end. Many shall be purified, made white and refined, but the wicked shall do wickedly and none of the wicked shall understand, but the wise shall understand. And from that, from the time that day, from 
from the time that the daily sacrifice is taken away and the abomination of desolation is set up, there shall be 1,290 days. Blessed is he who waits to come to the 1,335 days. But you go your way till the end, for you shall rest. You will arise to your inheritance at the end of these days. Um, This is a a good perspective for us to have. Um, We need to be wise and understand that the wicked are going to be wicked until God comes again. Um, And we need to go our own way. That means do not live in fear of of the end. Do not live in fear of what the wicked are doing, um, but put our trust that God will make things right. Um, this doesn't mean that we don't push back against the wicked. Of course we do. Um, but but we should not live in fear or terror um, of what may what may come. Um, we need to, to live our life and and live the life that God has called us to live, just as he called Daniel to have these visions and to give these visions. And I'm going to say there's times Daniel didn't like the fact that he got those visions. It's pretty terrifying. Uh, but yet, uh, God used Daniel uh, in a mighty way. And you know what? He wants to use each one of us in a mighty way. Um, and we need to go our way, the way that God is calling us um, as we engage in a, sadly, a wicked world. But we know that he will come and make things right again. All right. So that uh, brings us to the New Testament. Um, so as uh, on Tuesday, um, we just missed uh, timing this perfect for Christmas. That obviously I did not plan that at all. It just worked out that way. Um, uh, or maybe, maybe because uh, I tried to plan it, we missed it by uh, two weeks. Um, but let's read John chapter 1, Luke 1 and 2, and Matthew 1 and 2. So John 1, Luke 1 and 2, Matthew 1 and 2. All right, we'll see you on Tuesday. Hope you have a great week and a good weekend as well before we meet again. See you then.